Welcome to The Mortgage Life, a space for down-to-earth conversations about how mortgages contribute to your life. Well, that sounds canned and maybe a little boring. What? There are so many parts to the mortgage industry and real estate finance we can explore and share with our listeners. Okay, you're right. You're right, Mindy. Our goal is to help secure our clients' financial future. I'm Pete Salamosi. I'm Mindy Bodwin. And I'm Sue Salamosi. We're your hosts. Welcome to The Mortgage Life. All right. So this is, I'm really excited about this particular episode today. It's one that I've been wanting to do since the beginning, being from the Yukon, born um, and partially raised, and then moving back after university, I met Terrence. And Terrence and I actually became quite close. We were good friends and still are. He was the MC at my wedding. Now he is the owner of the Remax in Whitehorse. So we thought, what better guest to bring on than help us unpack some unique aspects of the Yukon market. And what we were talking about before we started was what better place to talk about than the Yukon. Considering prices in the Okanagan and prices even in Victoria, we see a lot of people heading north. Right. Surprisingly, though, like on that note, just a quick conversation starter, prices are not what people think they are here north either. That's the kind of the kicker is people are heading north thinking they're going to get now granted the last year uh you know prices everywhere across the board have dropped because interest rates were crazy but when things were crazy a single family house in the Yukon was far more than almost anyone else in Canada would expect it to be so Terrence tell us a little bit about that yeah like I my concept of the Yukon was well it's it's a place with a smaller population so probably everything's cheaper there but now that we've got this crazy cold spell happening Tell us about the costs of building and like what happens? Why are houses more expensive than maybe we think they should be or that they are in the Yukon? Well, obviously the cost of getting material here is is astronomically higher than anywhere else, uh, basically almost in Canada. You know, Yellowknife here, uh, anywhere north is hard, but we're the furthest that it goes, you know, and then further north would be even more, but nobody lives there. This is about as far as it goes. So the cost of the materials to get here are higher. If you can believe it, we have a land shortage, which is uh, insane because you think that we live in and everywhere you drive, there are no houses, but most of the land is developed by the government and it's slowly going, but forever was shortage. And then surrounding that is First Nations category A settlement land, which is you obviously can't build on. So, and it surrounds basically the entire city. So we can't go out much more. Uh, They're finding spots. We are just starting to get into the First Nations leasehold land. That's going to be our new life moving forward for sure. This year is kind of, we've done a little bit before, but this year starting and moving forward, there's going to be a lot of that because there's no chances to build. Everyone thinks it's a small place and it's going to be cheaper and everyone's leaving the big city to come here. But the problem is we have a lack of inventory and all you guys want to move here, which is not, you know, so. I mean, not right now, not with minus 40. No, thanks. (laughs) enough but it's only for a few days and and, and again Mindy will attest to this it used to be a a winter of this like it would get to minus 30 and then go colder and then go to minus 20 but that's how it fluctuated all the time but that's no longer the the case like we don't have those winters anymore we get two three cold spells and we do like average like the coldest on average is minus 20 but it's usually like last two three years it's like minus 10 minus 12 so it's becoming a much more tempered climate 
it's still very nature bound. It's still very much you can go for a walk in one direction, never see a human being ever uh, on the thousands of hikes and lakes. You can go on a boat, go up the lake and not see a person for the week if you want to. Like so, so the appeal for people to come is huge, but the inventory we have is very low, therefore pushing the prices higher than most people would expect. And building costs are, are astronomical. They really are. Well, from a mortgage or mortgage broker's perspective, one that does quite a few files in the Yukon still, I really enjoy the Yukon files because what I find, there's a lot of clients that are, you know, fresh out of university or, you know, have been working a little bit in their industry and they are jumping into a full-time salaried position in the Yukon, earning more income than that same job would earn on average elsewhere in Canada. And they're purchasing a house that on average is less expensive than it would be in other markets in Canada. So the metrics are still lining up. I'm still able to get people to qualify on average more than I would say in a Victoria market. So from our perspective, the numbers are still quite healthy in the Yukon. Yeah, for sure. There's such a government agency here, like about 60% of the people that live here work for the government. So everyone, that's the the upside is that the houses are more expensive than you think, but everyone makes more money here than than pretty much anywhere else. That's just, it's the truth. Like that's the, there's so much government infrastructure. We don't have any industries. We have mining, but it's up and down like a yo-yo. And other than that, there, there is nothing here. Like we don't, we don't produce anything. So we're a federally funded town with government. So everyone has a good job. Like that's pretty, pretty much the story. What I find super interesting is your comment about First Nations land surrounding Whitehorse, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's becoming more prevalent in the mortgage broker industry. In our relicensing education, we're required to have a lot more knowledge um, about leased land and and how it works. Is there an impact in Whitehorse? Is there a lot of knowledge? I'm trying to spit out a question, and it's not coming out very clearly. And your face looks very confused. <laughs> no, 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 I know where you're going with it. I was just gonna, I didn't want to cut you off, but I know I know what you're asking. Um, okay. <laughs> there has there has not been a very big impact yet. It's just starting. This is the year like it's going to start. Like I myself, I'm doing an entire development with two developers and First Nations that there's going to be, I don't know, 50, 60 houses on. And that'll be our first real project where it's leasehold land. We've done a couple condos. We've done a few things, some commercial buildings, but the impact is going to start and the knowledge base for the realtors is going to need to happen now. It, But till yeah. now, it, it it had not. Uh, the, the First Nations is very unique, though, in, in the Yukon. Treaty agreements that we have are far superior to anywhere else in Canada, whereas all the gov- all the First Nations... Uh, other than three, I think now have settled and have their own governing bodies here, which is unlike anywhere in Canada. So it's a very unique place. We're actually ahead of the curb from every province and every territory across Canada. So it's a very unique place. So it's going to, it is definitely going to impact the market. How, how hard, um, you know, what, how am I going to sell a house that's a 125 year lease versus, you know, freehold, like how, how much that's going to do. I don't know yet. Uh, you know, well, let's have this call again in a year and I'll tell you a little mm-hmm. bit more. But right now we're on the very tip of the start. These leasehold properties are are the is that leasehold interest going to be registered in the Yukon landlord like or land titles or is it going to be registered with the First Nation? It's it's registered on title here. So it's very different than everywhere else. It's completely registered on title. So once the lease has gone into effect, there is no 
capabilities for the First Nations of that government to remove that lease. Okay. It is on title. It is removed. So it's very different than Ontario or BC or wherever where they they can change things. They can change the prices. They get there once it's registered. It's registered land titles and it's good for 125 years. There's nothing they can do. So. My comment was going to be like what you guys do then this year, how it plays out, how you communicate even between the band and yourselves. Um, it's going to set precedent, right? And we're going to see we're going to see how it works and and how it plays out even over the next decade, and hopefully it has a really positive impact in the rest of Canada. And we need the land here, like for us or the rest of Canada. But we need the we need the houses, we need the we need the places. So like I'm hoping that we can do a good enough job that we can get it done because like we need. We, we absolutely need the places to build and we don't have the, the capacity or the land to do it. So, so are you saying that really, so in the Yukon is Whitehorse really the, the main zone of, of, I guess it's the main population center, but is it the main area that has like freehold land and then pretty much everything else around it is indigenous? No, 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 no. It's the main population base. Let's say there's a total of, 45,000 people in the Yukon and 38,000 of them. And these are, I don't know what the numbers are exactly now, but it's they're close to this live in Whitehorse. So okay. there's only 7,000 in the rest of the entire territory. There's tons of right. land that is just land, but there is tons of land that is first nations land way up in the North and everywhere, but it's all over the place. It's not yeah, like yeah. all encompassing. It's just that where Whitehorse sits in a Valley surrounding oh. it is all first nations land. Yeah. Gotcha. And I'll make a quick point as well, because my dad was director of land claims for right. one of the First Nations in Whitehorse. So Whitehorse at that time, so this would have been 20 years ago, was unique to all other major cities in Canada in that it had more First Nations land holdings within its city boundaries than any other city. Um, so it that this whole enabling of the First Nations to be able to do what they need to do moved quickly right because they needed to be able to harness the powers of their land and do things with it as opposed to just leaving these things just sitting vacant or whatever so yeah very good point mindy and, and sorry i guess i should clarify too uh and mindy can attest to this as well when i say surrounding white horse i mean like surrounding the city downtown like core because white horse's city limits are astronomically large like to drive from the cutoff to the other side at 100 kilometers an hour almost probably takes you like an hour like 45 minutes right like it's a so so there's ton when i say surround i guess it's all within whitehorse it's just like where all the infrastructure has been built around that is first nations land but it's all within the city limits there's so much of it in in city limits the city limits are massive i think it's like i don't know the 15th largest city limits in all of canada something some weird stat or something like that like it's so long and is that the recommended speed to get across whitehorse <laughs> No, no, no. You don't want to drive at my recommended speed. No. Only, only someone who's been here for 25, 30 years drives at the speeds I do. No, don't do that. No, it, it would take longer if you're driving at normal. So. so I think that leads really nicely into our next question is it's about challenges that you face and how you overcome challenges in the Yukon market. We're talking about the challenges of limitations of land. Um, do you see any other challenges in the Yukon I mean, there's always challenges in the uh, Yukon. I mean, 
materials are a major challenge you know we get the subpar materials for sure the wood is not as good here you know uh everything takes longer to get here there's only one road in you know one highway and like you know with the new non-existing climate change let's say it that people either believe or don't we're getting landslides we're getting more things and so the highways are being closed more often that substance shocks from coming up and then creates chaos so yes there are a lot of challenges with living in the north in general it's a more challenging environment so with those challenges, like obviously you've got cold in the winter, a bit, a bit shorter summer season, uh, anywhere above the Arctic Circle, you're, you're, you've got the long summer days, you've got the short winter days. How does, how does that, like in general, how do the houses look in the Yukon? Like I'm picturing ski chalets, but I probably got the wrong <laughs> idea in my head. So like, what do they look like? And design wise, and like, what are the special requirements? Like, are they, are we looking at triple glaze windows or insulation types? So there's different areas of town. So there's the old Yukon and the new Yukon. And the old Yukon is all over the place. And lots of them have been redone and remade and, and upgraded and done and that, and that kind of stuff. And, and there's the, there's a, a major interest and a major price per square foot difference between that and new development because people are willing to pay more to be in the old neighborhoods because all the trees are established and all the lawns and stuff and everything takes so long to grow here you can't just put up a bunch of trees like you do in victoria and say i'm going to grow my palm tree to block my neighbor out uh no offense mindy uh it's, it's not a it's not it's it's not it doesn't happen like you're going to put your tree there and you're going to wait 25 years are you still going to be living in that house because that's how long it's going to take you to have a tree that's going to block your neighbor out so the the old stuff is different but the the new stuff and of course there is a lot of you know ski chalet looking stuff but there's also just the like if you go to whistle band which is like the new development area where all the new lots it 100 percent looks like if you've ever been to calgary it looks like calgary suburbiaville like absolutely it looks the same you know where a builder comes in builds a whole bunch of houses and, and abc but the walls are 14 inches thick the windows are triple glaze the insulation values in the in the walls are probably r30 r40 the ceilings are 80 or 100 so yes the the requirements to build our code is 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 quite a bit higher like yeah our insulation is, is massive is there natural gas up there yet no I mean, we have the second largest pocket in all of Canada sitting up on Eagle Plains, but you have to frack it to get it. And that ain't ever going to happen here ever. So fuel sources are electrical, propane and oil and oil is, you know, trying to get pushed out for sure. You have to change your oil tanks all the time. It's a nightmare. So propane is a major one. Electricity is our major source. We have a dam that powers most of it, but we are definitely underpowered now for sure we have been for years we burn we burn a lot of diesel to power the extra excess and actually natural gas both now that's a whole other story that they truck in uh but we don't have gas from the ground no this is so surprising to me i i honestly because i, I think of electricity and i think okay well what can you use electricity to power so you got baseboard heaters which are not super efficient and then you've got um, heat pumps which again don't really work much beyond minus five or six so that's not really a super great source. And then so are, are like, are you saying that most places are heated by propane? No, most places, uh, I would say like the older houses are heated by oil forced air furnaces or uh, propane forced air furnace. And then a lot, there used to be a ton of wood stoves. Oh, I see. there's less so now, but all new development is heated by electric heat. And, wow. and, and they're not the, the conventional baseboard. When you say baseboard, you're thinking yep. those little skinny baseboards on the ground. The, the What people use now are like a, it's like a, a square rectangular box and it has a little fan in it. 
So oh. it's kind of like furnace, you know, a little bit. So they're all individually controlled thermostats, but they have a, a fan. So they blow the heat and stuff like that. And I mean, I guess you can say they're not as efficient, but when your walls are 14 inches thick, it's not about actually the cost of your monthly is about the width of the wall. It's not what you're heating it. Yeah. What about in-floor heating? Is that the thing? Yeah, people have it too, but that's very inefficient. Like oh. I have it in my bathroom <laughs> and you know, because that's where I want it, but that's <laughs> it. Like everywhere else, it's just a waste of money. Like, and it doesn't, you can't vary the heat very quickly yeah. with it. Right. It, it takes forever to heat up. And so you basically keep a constant temperature. So it, that's a very inefficient way to heat, but of course it's very nice on the feet. So my entire house in Victoria is heated in floor heat. It's all <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. And the palm tree. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Warm feet. I'm just picturing people like rolling around on their floors trying to be warm. Just <laughs> starfish. Yeah. Laying on Thank the God ground. God for those fans and the heaters. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> There's no no really nice segue to the next set of set of questions, but no, no, go. one topic that we have talked a lot with Mindy about, um, and, and with you in particular, Terrence, is your ability to build a team. And I know that when you took over the the Remax there in Whitehorse, it was maybe a bit of a challenge and, and you had to kind of reimagine how your team was built and how it functioned together. Do you want to tell us about that journey? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And actually, uh, even Mindy doesn't know this that so much. So so it's the ebbs and flows of real estate. Definitely when I started off, I did it by myself. And then it got too busy that I needed, you know, a right hand, which I do have now, obviously, and she's the best at her job ever. Uh, and then of course, you buy the brokerage, which is essentially a team in itself. It's the same idea as having a team. And you try and train them and you go through it. And you, you do really need a team, or at least one or two other good people with you if you want to have a life and want to you know do really well at real estate or else you just can't do it you need someone to manage the admin and you need a salesperson and you need really a listing someone who does listings and you need that combination to make it really well but it also comes with its own set of challenges the more people you have the more managing you're doing the less selling you're doing and unless you get everyone on place and on par doing extremely well in a small market like that, you know, you're actually sometimes better to just go sell the house yourself than trying to manage and do all these things at all. So, so I started that, bought the brokerage, tried to make this team worked really well for a while, but then life pressures come, life changes, things stress out. And so I'm currently and moving towards changing it back to basically being smaller and less to deal with. Because I'm so well established now that I've just like, you know, the calls come, we have such good processes, processes are, are, are the most important thing is having everything functioning by itself processes, automated emails, automated callbacks, automated everything, you know, so that so that everything is just done easy all the time. And just to streamline everything is, is really important. But you do need a team of some sort if you want to have that time yourself, if you're going to make a lot of money in real estate, and you think you can do it alone, you're never going to have a life at all. And from the perspective of the client, and part of this podcast, we've talked about building a trusted team, having a mortgage broker, having a realtor, having an insurance agent, having an accountant, all of those people kind of in your back pocket to help you. I think it's much the same thing, right? Like if you're not, if you don't have a team working for you or working with you, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like a lot of people think that I'm really smart and I'm actually not that smart. I am actually <laughs> just really good at reading people. So 
I have an extremely good accountant. I have an extremely good corporate lawyer. I have an extremely good family law lawyer. I have an extremely good mortgage broker. I have an extremely good banking officer for my commercial banking. So I'm really good at surrounding myself with the people that are good at their jobs. I'm actually just okay at my job. <laughs> and I'll be very honest at it. But but once you have all those people doing all the right things, even being just okay at it, you're doing really, really well because all the things are being done right. And that is your absolutely i agree with you 100 it's just the same in life and that's how i've built everything that i've done is by surrounding myself with the people that that are really good at what they do i like that just to be clear mindy is your really good mortgage broker <laughs> mindy is so i when i when i send people to mindy it's the the easiest way for me to describe it is people are is she good and my answer is she does all my stuff that's the, you know like uh, that's the answer it's the easiest answer you can give right like uh if i'm gonna trust her with everything i have i wouldn't be sending you to her so oh well thank you <laughs> well, i'm probably blushing it's just, a, <laughs> <laughs> it's just an honest answer yeah so that's all it is no we appreciate the referrals it's i'm all the yukon files i always just find so interesting and there's been a lot of first-time home buyers recently which we weren't seeing so much of down here no. and yeah it's just it's nice to see all that action still happening okay so let's wrap this up terrence one of our favorite things to do is to ask for like a unique story is there any transactional story or unique property or something oh, that's like man. i mean i have lots uh there's there's i mean real estate is the most enlightening career I think you could ever have into the real, the reality of what people are really like on the inside. You see things that you never did. There's definitely a few, but I have a couple. So I'll go with two stories and then I'll leave it at that. So two of them that when I first started, the first story was the first house I ever went into as a real estate was on Ponderosa street, which Mindy, you know, well, my friends all lived there during high school and, and I was on that street. I didn't live there, but five of my best friends lived on the same street. So I was there all the time. And the first house I ever went into was one of my best friends' houses when we were kids. Now that being said, walked in, go upstairs, okay, they've done some renos, they've taken a wall out, kitchen looks the same, you know, the, the deck is now covered porch. I'm like looking at it going, oh, this is interesting to be here. Downstairs was our area, the kids' area. So that's where we used to hang out. So we go downstairs, to the left is a living room, bedrooms, great. To the right, there used to be a rec room. It's where we used to play computers. I walk into this room, this house, and the rec room is all black, you know, painted black. There's a bed in the middle and there's two cameras mounted to the ceiling and two and two computer monitors on the wall. And that's it. And I used to play video games in that room. And I'm like, all I could think was, I don't think they're playing video games in here anymore. Yeah. How do you describe that room? Multi-purpose, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think it's for one purpose, but anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, anyways, the other story was a story about hoarding. And and that is something like, oh man, there we don't see too many of it here just because of the population, but hoarding is a true thing, as you see in the show on TV, hoarders and all this stuff. So we go into this house and the listing agent tells us specifically that, you know, you know, watch out, it's it's a, a, the the people who live here are hoarders. It's an up and down duplex. 
And so I go inside and the lady is there and lo and behold, yes, a hundred percent. There is so much stuff and garbage. You can barely walk in and barely walk out. So I'm just overwhelmed. This is like week number two. I'm just like, holy, okay. I didn't realize people live like this. It's, it's crazy. Uh, you know, and, and there's so much stuff and it's a small, small downtown house, which are 1942, you know, 1950s kind of thing. And she's a very nice lady. And so she, we chat with her for a bit. She says, okay, thanks guys. And we're going to go downstairs now. And she says to us, no problem. Thanks for coming. Oh, by the way, I just want to warn you. The guy downstairs is a hoarder. So I go, <laughs> hmm. I, huh. Okay. Uh, you know, so you don't know how to take that. So then we go downstairs and she was right. Like downstairs was completely different than upstairs. Like, like you couldn't even walk in barely into the door so we're in there and it's just overwhelming with stuff like i mean and all sorts of stuff like garbage and everything else and it's so full but i'm in there for no longer than 30 seconds and then i realized that she said you know he's down there he's really nice but he's a hoarder but there's no one in the home that i could see there's no one there and so we're all looking at each other going okay what's going on and then i have a quick look at the couch and the couch has garbage on it. And there's some pizza boxes. And then I noticed that the the pizza boxes are going up and down. <sighs> so he was sleeping on the couch with the pizza boxes on top of him. And I couldn't see him. So <laughs> that's my second story of, of real estate when I first started. Wow. Yeah. And that was something else. I was just like, oh, my God, he is here. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's, that's, that's it. There's a lot. Um, there's some tragic yeah. ones. There's all sorts, but the funny ones, you know, the, those are the more of the funny side. Yeah. It's like, where do you start? Where do you start? Wow. Yeah. yeah. What a great first couple of weeks though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, it was really interesting. Welcome. I, I just finished selling cars where you're at the dealership, you know, and people come in, it's the same all the time. Everyone looks the same. The The environment never changes. So it's very different for sure. It took me a while to get used to the, the ever changing ever and seeing how different people, you know, choose to live, can live, don't live. All the variety is, 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 is crazy. Like it's just, I'm used to it now. Now nothing shocks me and I do mean nothing, but I've seen everything. So it's just to a point now where you're just, you're like, yep, saw that already. Yep. Saw that already. You know, been there, done that. No problem. Keep moving forward. Well, Terrence, it has been an awesome chat with you. Thank you for telling us about the Yukon, about White Horse, about your experiences and about the various things. But uh, thank you so much, Terrence State. In Remax, is it Remax Yukon? Remax Action Realty. And the team and, and me is Remax Yukon's Real Estate Advisors. And that's us. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the call. This is The Mortgage Life. We look forward to continuing the conversation. So come back and listen. 